Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Did you know that only 31% of kids in America believe in God? A concerning statistic that correlates with other trends like increased anxiety, depression, and suicide rates in our youth. Is it possible that the content that our kids are exposed to in this digital age is playing a role here? On average, kids spend over seven hours a day in front of a screen, and screens aren't going away. What options do we have as parents and grandparents to protect our children and help them grow in faith? If you're as concerned as I am, and you also believe in the value of raising our children on solid faith foundations and positive Christian values like I do, then I'm excited to tell you about a company that's fighting back by meeting kids right where they are. True Play Games is a mobile app that offers high-quality faith-building alternatives to toxic content that is pervasive today. It's one app with dozens of entertaining games, comics, and animated shorts, and every piece of content in the True Play app is designed with care to be engaging, entertaining, and most importantly, true to the Word of God. True Play effectively turns game time into God time, delivering peace of mind in these turbulent times. You can learn more and try it out for free at trueplay.com. That's T-R-U-P-L-A-Y games.com. Hi, welcome to Cultural Catalyst, where we teach you how to live fully alive, co-labor with God, and change the world. I'm your host, Chris Felton, and I have Paula Romaz with me. <laughs> I think I got that right. You got that right. I got it Good right. Job. She's one of my very favorite people. She came here in 2014 from Brazil. You're from Sao Paulo, Brazil, yes, right? Best city in Brazil. Best city in Brazil. <laughs> okay. Well, we just offended a whole bunch of people. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, she came to school ministry. I did. And and uh, went through all three years of school ministry. And then she came on staff. But here's the, the part I really love. For the last couple of three years, she's like, let us, let's start a Portuguese school. We're so many Portuguese people. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. You remember this conversation? Yes. She's like, no, I'm telling you, we're going to have a thousand students. Like, thousand students. I'm going to get a thousand students. So (laughs) what she, I would say she persisted like the widow and the judge. Gosh, Mm -hmm. that makes me the judge though. And he was wicked. So that wouldn't be good. You're a good judge. I'm a good judge. (laughs) You are, you are, you are. And you knocked and kept seeking and kept knocking and, and then, you know, and keep asking. And then you found, there it is. There it is. And we started school, and we started Portuguese school uh, two years ago? No, it's been one year. One year. Since we started Portuguese. And how many students do we have now? We have 800 800 students enrolled right now, and we have about 500 starting in a few weeks. So we're going to have over 1,000 students in one year. In one year. Come on, right here. There it is. I told Change you. the world. Change the world. Change the world. So, yeah. Paula, mm. important question. Yes. Is it true? <laughs> <laughs> is it true that you raised chickens from the dead? It is true. And since then, I can't go into any Chick fil A around the world. <laughs> no, just Okay, you actually did raise chickens from the dead. I really did. Okay, so why is this story important? Because people are like, oh gosh, those Bethel people, they are so <laughs> strange. Yes. Well, um, and this is before you were with us before Bethel, I was like 17 years old. So Mm -hmm. a few years before I came to Bethel and it's the best story that my family has. We moved to a farm. We were in a very hard place financially. Everything we had, we moved to this farm. My dad 
bought a bunch of eggs, which we turned them into a little chicken and we built this chicken coop and that was all our money. We were going to eat those chicken. We're going to sell those chicken. That was everything we had. And this one night we had a big storm and I remember my dad walking mm -hmm. to the house and he was like, guys, the chicken are all dead. Everything's gone. And he's crying. We're all heartbroken. My mom calls her aunt, which she was from the Assemblies of God. And she was like, Clarice, you should go down to the chicken coop and take your Bible. And God is going to give you a word. Whatever it is, God's going to give you a word. And we're like, okay. So my mom is like, girls, let's go with me, me and my sister. And we go in there and my mom opens her Bible is the passage in Ezekiel about the Valley of Dry Bones. And she just starts reading the passage out loud. And she tells me and my sister, I want you guys to go around the room and lay your hands on the chicken. And we're like. In the chicken coop? And the chicken coop. And we're like, yes, let's do it. And it's like two, three hundred dead chicken on the floor. Like they were little chicken. And we're like, let's do this. And the guy that worked for us is just like on the corner. He's like, what are these people doing? <laughs> and we went around the room. And as my mom is reading the passage and my sister and I are laying our hands on the chicken, they start coming back to life. It's like a zombie movie. They're like shaking and standing up. And we're like, no way. And they came back to life. All of them? All of them. That's insane. We came back home and we're like, dead. The chicken are all alive. Go check it out. And he's like, no way. And they drowned. They were dead for so many hours before we saw that they were all dead. So wow, it's beautiful. Okay. So the next question is, yes. did you eat the chickens? We, no, you don't have to answer that question. We, <laughs> we ate the chicken and saw the chicken. It was resurrection power in the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you moved to Reading from Brazil. I did. Joined BSSM. Why'd you do that? I remember watching this video and it was Jeremy and Stephanie watching uh, leading worship. And there was the glory cloud and everything on the video, but I was so impacted by the church, the congregation. I was seeing how they were worshiping and I was just like, I have never seen anything like that. And the next day I was driving to college and in my car, God was like, you're going to move to that church. You're going to move to that place. And I was like, okay, let's do this. I just knew I was supposed to be here. And I've walked with the Lord my whole life. Uh, he's always been my best friend, but I knew that there was something about him that I hadn't seen. And I could see on those people's eyes in that congregation that they were seeing something that I hadn't seen from the Lord yet. And I was so hungry. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to be transformed in that place. So I told my mom, told my family, I'm going to move to this church in California. Then I started researching her, f found out more about BSSM. My sister was like, I'm going to go with you. I want to do it too. And then my parents were like, well, if you girls are going, we're going to go too. So we all moved here and my parents support us through school. And it was the most life-changing. Did your sister go to school too? She did. She did. Oh, I don't think I even knew that. She did. She did. She works also for Beth Forward. She writes articles about healings and um, proving that miracles are still happening there. Yeah. From the chicken story. Was she one yes. of the people who laid hands on the chickens? Yes. Wow. Look at us. <laughs> well, you have, a directive to, you have a directive from the Lord to bridge cultures yes and specifically america and brazil mm -hmm. although that's not the only culture you're bridging mm -hmm. but it's the one that you're involved in now mm -hmm. can you share more about that journey how bssm 
Portuguese fits into that whole yeah, thing. For sure. In 2009, before I heard about Bethel, I came to the U.S. and I went to a small church in Illinois. And at the end of the sermon, this pastor calls me and my sister and he's like, I see you guys as two bridges, as bridges between two big pieces of land. And I see different people going through those bridges and you're going to know which bridge they're supposed to cross. Um, and for some of them, it's going to be training. For some of them, it's going to be a beautiful path that you're just creating for them. But you're going to become a bridge between two pieces of land. And at the end, he said, I wouldn't be surprised if it was between America and Brazil. And I always had that in the back of my mind. But when I came here, and I was in first year, I remember being in class and thinking, no one has ever taught me this. I have walked with the Lord my whole life. I've been in church my whole life, but I have never been taught this before. This is, and I would get home and I would just repeat everything to my parents. To mom and dad, we would sit down on the dining room and I'll be like, hey, I learned this and this and this in school today because I was so mind blown by everything and my relationship with the Lord was so much better than it was before. Every day, every day, something I was learning in school was changing my life and it was making me more and more in love with Jesus. And every day that I was encountering the Lord, I would just have this burden in my heart. Just like, Lord, if if you're going to touch me here in the school, don't touch me just for me. Touch me for my people too, because I, I remember what I left behind. I remember my people there back there. And I, I remember the things that I didn't know about you that I know that right now they don't know those things about you. So if I'm going to know something about you, if I'm going to be touched in this room today, I want to create a way for them to know you like I'm getting to know you now. Um, so my whole journey in BSSM, I always had this prayer in my heart. And I always also had this thing that I was like, Lord, I remember where you found me. I remember being in the farm, in the chicken farm and sitting with the Lord and learning that he could be my best friend. And I just had this thing in my mind, like I remember when I was 17 and you touched me in that farm. And right now there's someone back in Brazil that doesn't even speak English, someone that doesn't have the access that I did to learn this language and they didn't get to move here, but they want to know you like I wanted to know you. Um, so I just kept serving Bethel and just, I, as you said, I was the administrator and I was here for a little bit and I just kept thinking that there must be a way that I can create a bridge. There must be a way that we can get this to them. And I remember when we launched BSM Espanol, Gerardo came and he was sharing the video and I was watching and I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. There's, we just take for granted the fact that we actually can yeah. speak English and I yeah. can listen to your sermons on the m- Sunday morning. It doesn't even have to be just in school. But, and there's so much that the Lord has entrusted mm-hmm. to this house. And I remember how much it impacted me. And because I remember, I want to take that back to my people. So what that, had the greatest impact on you? Like, like there's probably many, many things, but like when you came the first year, mm-hmm. can you remember what thing you were learning that was having the greatest impact on you? Yeah. The biggest thing was that the Lord is such a good father and he is always speaking to me. He's always available. 
it's not like I'm trying to hear his voice or trying to talk to him or going after him more than he is coming after me or more than he is willing to make a way for me or that he's willing to sit down and talk to me. And I just had this mentality that he that I had to do all these things correctly and like prepare my heart and be always listening. If I miss this one time, I never get to hear him again, or it's going to be hard for me to hear him again. And in first year, I, I remember even going to retreat the first of yeah. right at the beginning of the yeah. school and all the second years prophesying over all the first years. And, and I thought, I don't think I'm going to get to do second year because I don't think I can prophesy over all these people and going through first year. I was like, Oh, it's so easy to hear his voice if you're actually listening if you're actually believing that he wants so, to talk yeah. to you and that changed how i saw god and because it changed how i saw god it changed how i saw myself and it changed how i saw the people around me and it was just really so transforming so now we're training equipping well lots of brazilians but portuguese speaking people yes, some yes. not from brazil yes too. for sure so you know, you speak English, you went to English school mm -hmm. and now you're, you're one of our main trainers for the Portuguese speaking school. What do you see the differences between, you know, training and equipping people from, let's say, you know, uh, European and American as opposed to Brazilian, you know, Latin American countries? For sure. There are many differences and there's, <clears throat> There are beautiful parts in both cultures yeah. and beautiful things that it's easier in some ways and harder in some ways. Um, I always think of American culture and American church culture as a married couple that has been married for a long time. Yeah. And Brazilian culture is like you are just starting to date someone. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this sense of so much passion and so much like... Uh, there's more and I want to get to know you more and I want to be around you all the time or I want to break up, you know? Yeah. Um, when a married couple is also like, I know you and I've walked with you my whole life and there's so much intimacy and there's so much I can trust you. I don't have to be passionate all the time. Yeah. But I, I just, I just love you. It's you a know? great description. Yes. But that's why Brazilians are so hungry because yeah. they are just like, there's more from the Lord that I want to know. And I feel like here, it's just a solid relation. And I'm obviously giving like a general difference. Yeah, and there's like people in this way in Brazil too, and people very passionate people here too. But I feel like in Brazil, we have such a, a hungry for the Lord culture. Um, I think what we're having to teach our students right now is how can you stay sustainable? How can this stay for the long run, not just for the next six yeah, months? How can you burn for the Lord for the rest of your life and not just for a little bit? When I feel like here sometimes I'm like, guys, you need the hunger, you need the passion, you yeah. need the fire, you know? Um, so it's different and there's beautiful parts in, in both of them. And I think that that's also the beauty of being a bridge between these two cultures. When we were starting to be a simple to gaze, the Lord told me, Paula, a bridge is a two way. Doesn't mean we're just sending things there. Mm -hmm. We're also sending things from there here. And I feel like our students are sp sparkling this hunger in our environment. Even when we had so many of them here Absolutely. for immersion week, it was like, Oh, these people are oh, they, hungry. Like 200 of them came or something. We had 200. Brazilian yeah. and Portuguese speaking. Yeah, what we're talking students. about is like 200 of our online students actually came here in mm -hmm. person, you know, we paid their own flights, everything yes. to be here. And a couple hundred of them came yes. out of the, what we have 
eight hundred or something online. So yes. like twenty five percent of them came for. They came a and week, it's so it? expensive for, for them, and they came for a whole week. Yeah, and it was wild. It was the wildest file tunnel I have ever been in it my was. life. When you were preaching second year, and then Bill was preaching. Bill couldn't finish finish his message. They all came running to the stage. Bill was <laughs> praying for everybody. I'm on the floor. I couldn't translate anymore. It was absolutely wild. And I think it just sparked this hunger in us yeah. and even, even a deeper level. So, and at the same time, they are learning, hey, you can burn for, we ha- we've had our school for 25 years or yeah. more. So you can burn for 25 years. You can stay in love with the Lord doesn't have to be just a passion, something that is for a while when you're just getting to know him, you can go deeper and deeper with him. What would you say to the Brazilian church leaders? Like um, I I wrote this way. How would you emphasize one key mindset shift the Brazilian church leaders need to embrace regarding moves of God? And, Mm -hmm. you know, is that, and would you say the same for the American church? Like you're in both sides now. Yes. Um, I would say not every good idea is what the Lord is doing. Yeah. Um, get closer and closer to Him. Don't necessarily think that influence or numbers or this or that is what the Lord is calling you to do. Our one calling in our lives is to know the Lord and to be found in Him. And if you just choose to serve Him, give Him your entire life he said pick up your cross and follow me that means i'm willing to die for you and not just die in the sense i'm gonna move to a dangerous country and and die it means i'm willing to sacrifice my dreams i'm willing to sacrifice my goals sacrifice what i thought was amazing to actually follow you and I think many times we want to do all these things for the Lord. We want to build a big church. We want to be, to make big conferences. We want to do this and do that. And, and you want to influence people and your heart is good because you want people to be transformed. But if that's not what the Lord is doing in each season, you're just doing it for your own sake, not for what the Lord has called you to do. So that's the one thing I would say that. I feel like the church in Brazil right now needs is actually focus on what the Lord is asking of you every day. Be willing to sacrifice your great ideas. Be willing to sacrifice what you think is going to be great for your community or for your followers or for this or for that. And do what the Lord is actually asking you to do and follow Him with all your heart and just surrender to Him your whole life. God's called you to build a bridge. Yes. You've done... A wonderful, had a wonderful start to building that bridge. Thank you. As we just talked about. What's the hardest part of that? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Come on, let's be transparent uh, and yes, honest. Yes, for sure. It's There's, not all roses, right? No, there are so many challenges. I think the hardest part is the things that you don't see coming. Mm-hmm. And I am a person who likes to prepare and mm-hmm. to plan ahead of time. I worked for Kathy oh, for so yeah. many years, so I learned my lessons. Yeah. And... I love planning. I love strategizing. I love all the things, but there are so many things that are going to come up that you have no idea. I mean, we all experienced that yeah. when COVID hit us all. Like you 
can't plan for that. Yeah. And can't even plan for next day. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And when you're in COVID, like you don't even know what's going to happen. Tomorrow. You come up with a plan today and tomorrow <laughs> it has to be different. Yeah. And I learned that you have to learn to really depend on the Lord because even when you do plan, even when you do everything you can do, there's going to be things you didn't plan for. Yeah. And I remember in the middle of like really hard situations, I'll be like, Lord, I don't think I'm made for this. I, there's so much that I don't know. There's so much that I didn't know that I was supposed to figure out. And I remember God, uh, he talked to me for David. David is my favorite uh, Bible character uh, after Jesus, of course. And he was like, Paula, when David went to fight Goliath, he put Saul's armor and it didn't fit. And he was about to go fight a giant and a regular soldier's armor didn't fit him. And he he could have said, oh, well, if I don't even fit this, yep. this must be a sign from the Lord that I'm not supposed to do this. This must be a sign that someone else is called to go. Yep. And he was like, Paula, you, the fact that the armor doesn't fit you doesn't mean you're not supposed to go. Just I, I'm supposed to fill in the gaps. I'm supposed to fill in the parts that you can can really do this and he was like so many of my sons and daughters give up because the armor doesn't fit and and he was like and the saddest part is so many of them go because the armor fits they're like oh i can actually do this i actually have the strength in me to go and fight this battle and he was like you're not supposed to fit this armor and you don't have to be the best leader you don't have to be the best pastor you don't have to be the best prophet i'm the best leader i'm the best pastor i'm the best prophet just go and I just learned as things were coming up, as challenges were coming up, I was just like, Lord, I don't know how to deal with this, but you do. So I need you to fill in this gap. Um, I need you to give me the answer. And there were many challenging moments. I mean, you know, (laughs) but he just covered us. He covered uh, me and my team and uh, our students. And we just kept praying. And there were so many things that we were doing that were very helpful. We had a weekly prayer meeting that was really helping us. Every time something would come up, I'll be like, guys, I need to be praying for this. And our team would pray. Um, our whole Be a Simple Taste team was so solid. And every single one of them has this mentality of, I was transformed in this house. So now I want to go and transform more people. So having a team that comes around the vision is really helpful in times like this. I think, you know, when you've been transformed by anything, in this case, we're talking about being, being here at Bethel, being in school mm-hmm. ministry. Yes. It, it, it's really easy to convince other people that this is the best thing in the world, right? Because mm-hmm. it's changed your life. How, you know, I, I, it may be a really stupid question, Like you have a, such a passion for revival. Mm-hmm. And I just heard you tell a chicken story. <laughs> so I actually don't know the answer to this question. Like, when did you start having a passion for revival? I think I always wanted more, and I always knew that there was more. And I feel like revival is— Were you, how, when, when did you receive Christ? I grew up in a Christian family. When I was seven years old, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in my parents' car. My dad prayed for me and my sister, and we both got baptized wow. in our car. So you started really young. I started really young. You're almost like one of those people that doesn't even know life without the Lord. I don't know life without the Lord. I, yeah. um, I never really walked away from Him. And even in moments where I remember when I started university, I, I was kind of like, oh, I'm, it's hard to connect in church and stuff like that, but I never really did disengaged 
And the Lord always covered me. He was always, when I was if, only thinking about going that way, he'll be like, no, 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 come back here. <laughs> and I always had such a hunger for more of him. I knew that there was more and I kept seeing more and he kept showing me more. Um, I had a vision when I was 12 years old and I saw myself inside, inside of a stadium and I saw um, people's heads burning. And I was like, what does that mean? And I just knew it meant something about me leading people into the fire of God. And I just, every time I would think about doing something outside of whatever the Lord had for my life, that vision would come back to my mind. It's like something, there's something the Lord has given me. Um, so I think I always had this passion, but when I was 19, I had a big encounter with the Lord and after the chicken, ev after, after the, the chicken, chicken yes, farm. yes. And I had this BC and AD or <laughs> before chickens. <laughs> and after, <laughs> um, so when I was 19, I had this big encounter with the Lord and it was the first time I started understanding that he was actually good. And after that, I was just like, I want to live for him whatever that looks like uh, and i i used to work in advertising back then in brazil and i had a good job and a good agency and i was like i'm i can quit i can quit tomorrow i can quit whenever i'm i can do whatever he wants me to do it sounds like me you know we had a great business and we were you know i felt like i felt like we were making a living but we weren't making a difference you know mm -hmm. and even though we were believers in that in that realm i was like i was hungry for i i, I want to change the world yeah. What do you think it means to be a cultural catalyst? I believe it means you partnering with the Lord for what he has for the culture you're supposed to impact. It means remembering the things the Lord has done for you and knowing that there are people who need that right now. And you're willing to go the extra mile. You're willing to follow him to just impact those people there is someone that was chris valentin before the lord right now somewhere in the world and they need whatever the lord did in your life and he can do it again if he did it for me he can do it for anyone and my job as a cultural catalyst is just to be willing be, be willing to do whatever it takes um doesn't mean i'm building a platform doesn't mean i'm doesn't mean i'm trying to be an influencer to do this or that it means i'm willing to sacrifice whatever to do what the lord is asking me to do to impact that culture to impact the people he has called me to do and once you do that everything's gonna follow and things are gonna if the lord is on your side it's gonna feel like it's unfair because he's so much stronger than you are he's so much wiser than you are and then things are gonna move faster things are gonna move with more grace but it's because he's on your side and you're letting him actually be the strong one and not you um so that's what i believe it means any last words you want to say before we uh, any last words <laughs> i just want not, to say not like the last words of jesus <laughs> like you're going, like going to heaven but anything you'd like to say before we close yeah i i guess i just want to make a summary of some of the things i said i think with building this simple to gaze and we have praise god great numbers we're seeing great transformation it's so easy for people to think i need to do the same and it's it's like you have to do what the lord is calling you to do just lay your life on the altar of the lord and he's going to do something with your life it's impossible for you to lay down your life and for him to not do something with it just lay down your life and don't 
put into a box of what things are supposed to look like. Oh, it's supposed to look like this, especially when we learn so much about leadership and we want to be great leaders. And But for you to be a great leader, you have to be a good follower of Jesus. Just follow him. Just give your heart to him. Just be willing to sacrifice whatever it takes. And the Lord is going to use your life and you're going to impact your culture. So good. How does someone who's interested in in BSSM Portuguese or BSSM for that matter, mm -hmm. how do they get in touch with us? How do, how do they get connected to us? I would say check us out on Instagram. We post so much content and yeah. so many testimonies, so many parts of our school and what's happening in school. It's our, our Instagram has so much content that for BSSM Portuguese, which is yeah. BSSM Portuguese and BSSM writing, if you're interested in English or BSSM Spanish, if you want to come to our Spanish school, uh, and you can always check out bssm.net to learn more yeah. about our school. And you can get on Bethel.com and work your way through all of those schools yeah. too. Thank you so much, Paul, okay. for being on. Well, God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful week and, and do check out our school. I, they are life changing. I have uh, three, I think four of my grandchildren are either in school or have graduated from our school and had a tremendous impact on their lives, actually turned their life around. God bless you. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvalentin.com forward slash subscribe. God bless you.